Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning to all of our listeners. This is Monsignor Schumacher, your host for the next uh, couple hours on Real Presence Live on your Upper Midwest Real Presence Radio Network. Today is October 7th which means it is the feast day of Our Lady of the Rosary. Happy feast day to all of you. You know, I, I, had, a, I had a wedding prep uh, recently, and when I prepare couples for marriage, I like to ask them, you know, how does, it's interesting to see how the Holy Spirit works in their life. I asked her what brought her back to the church. She said it was the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Her, her uh, practice of, of praying the rosary, which was introduced to her uh, by a friend, she, she was a, a witness to me, really, um, of, of the power of the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So today is the feast day of Our Lady of the Rosary. It, it was established in the 16th century um, because of a, a, a battle, a, a Lepanto, it's a naval battle, but, but it, more than that, uh, th- this is a feast day established upon um, the verification of the power of the Blessed Virgin Mary as our, as one who leads us to our, our Lord and prays for us. So remember that today as we uh, pray the rosary here at Corpus Christi before Mass. Uh, we, are, we are renewed, so our prayer today will be Pour forth, O Lord, your grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ your Son was made known by the message of an angel may, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Happy Feast Day of Our Lady of the Rosary to all of you. Think of it today or tomorrow in the next week. How have you experienced the power of the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, because that is, that is her role. And when you, uh, somebody just sent me a picture of the Sistine Chapel they were visiting of that last judgment scene, and you see, you see Mary almost resigning, you know, her role is done when our Lord has returned. What was her role? Well, salvific history did not begin without the Blessed Virgin Mary, nor will it end without her and her role is to pray for us and to lead us and to be our our model of faith and you you, you see she kind of she kind of shuns from the the power the glory of her son in all his majesty um her role is done then but not now and so we ask her to pray for us and to pray for this show and to pray for everybody's day on this october 7th great time of the year uh, I hope you're having a good start to your day. If not, I hope it gets better um, as we uh, work through the day. Uh, I qu- quote Steve Glauser and Dickinson again and again, and it's kind of my motto here in my office at Corpus Christi. It's a great day to have a great day because we have our faith and we have our family and friends and our work and um, we have our life above all. My first guest uh, is... Um, 
a young lady I met, uh, she, she, um, she made a, a, an appointment with me, and um, I, I had actually double scheduled, and so I, I made the appointment with her, and she wanted to talk to me about, about her life. And this is another story, how the Holy Spirit works through people's lives. Her name is Abby Skabicki, and she is a, um, a member of FOCUS. She's a member of the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And uh, she made an impression on me, and she is from our parish here at Corpus Christi. And uh, we have several FOCUS uh, missionaries whom, whom we uh, support, FOCUS.org, uh, if you want to look up some information, F-O-C-U-S, Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Let's talk about that uh, a little bit. Uh, Abby, are you there? Good morning. Yes, good morning. I'm here. Great, great to have you. Um, great to hear your voice again. Uh, first of all, I, I know a, lo- a little bit about you. Not everybody does. Uh, first, tell us a little bit about yourself. Abby Skabicki. Yeah. Absolutely. So, as you said, um, I grew up at the parish of Corpus Christi. So, I was born and raised in Bismarck, North Dakota, and lived there my whole life until I went to college, and I went to the University of North Dakota in Grand Forks. And so I um, recently graduated in May from UND after studying Spanish and prefrontal medicine and then became a focus missionary. And so now I live in Golden, Colorado, serving at the School of Mines here. Uh, so h- how do you uh, become a focus missionary? You suspend your, your life, so to speak, right? You have a dream to be a dentist one day, right? I do. You, yeah. you, you had hoped to be in graduate school, uh, dental school. Uh, maybe your, your parents hoped more for that than you <laughs> now uh, because you, you have this on your heart. But you, you suspend your life for how long uh, to do what in focus? Yeah, so after graduating from college, um, all focus missionaries um, finished school before serving with focus. Um, and so after college, I attended the new staff training that Focus provides to equip us to go out onto college campuses. Um, and so, yeah, to answer the question of, like, how does it work to become a Focus missionary, you commit to a couple of pretty intense um, things. And the first is that you're willing to move anywhere in the country that they decide to send you. Um, so Focus prays about your application and um, qualities, traits about you and your personality and where you're called to serve. And so um, for this first two-year commitment that missionaries make, we get sent to a college campus. Um, there's 175 campuses in the United States that have been invited by the local bishops to serve on college campuses. So um, for the first two years, initially, um, you commit to that. And then if you feel called to stay on staff longer than that, you would just renew your commitment year by year. Uh, you're at the School of Mines now? I am, yes. Uh, and you do not uh, choose where you want to go? Do they assign you by region or randomly? So the country is split into four areas, north, south, east, and west. And so they sometimes try to keep you in the area that um, you attended school in just or wherever you're from, just because you might more likely relate to students from that same area. But you could get sent to any campus and we don't submit a preference or anything you just allow the lord to decide for you so to suspend your plan for your life for two years as a focus missionary 
you, you, you have been touched uh, by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in a way that uh, is, is unique uh, to all of us, but very powerful to you. When you described your conversion story to me, as, as you sat in uh, the chair that I'm looking at right now, as I, as I do this show in my office, you know it well, remember it? The Aaron Rodgers right. helmet was to your left. So as you, <laughs> as, you, as you shared your conversion story to me, you said that you, you had met someone uh, who exhibited the faith and, and the, the, the realness of the power of God in Jesus Christ, and you said, I want that. What is mm-hmm. that? What is that? So I think the part of my testimony that we're referring to here is when I was at the Focus Spiritual Impact Boot Camp Retreat, um, my missionaries had invited me to go. And so I was talking with a missionary from a different school. Um, she was a missionary at um, a school in South Dakota. And she prayed with me on a prayer team. And basically after that, I was just so convicted that her life was something that I needed to aspire to be like. Um I was looking at the Eucharist in adoration and just thinking, like, Lord, whatever whatever she has, I need to have that. And I just, over time, like, continued praying about it and discovered that it was she was just a pure vessel, allowing the Lord to use her as an instrument in whatever way he decided, which in that moment was praying with this girl from North Dakota who really wanted to be a dentist but felt like the Lord was asking her to wait. Um, and so that experience, kind of kick-started this, okay, if I love the Lord this much and I want to do whatever this missionary was doing, um, I need to listen, basically, to any invitation that he gives me to discern that. So, uh, uh, Eucharistic-centered uh, is, is a part of your witness. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I always think of St. Ignatius of Antioch, who wrote in the second century that, that the Eucharist, he calls it the medicine of immortality and the antidote to prevent us from dying uh, so that we should live. Uh, th- this, this, this was all kind of a, a, a medicine for you in, in moving you to, to do what you think you need to do in your life right now. I mean, how many young people, how, how many missionaries are there? How many focused missionaries are there? So there's roughly 800 missionaries serving so that, at about 175 campuses. So that's and how many there are. Digital campus. So right. there, 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 there aren't many. There aren't many who suspend their life to evangelize on campuses. So um, I, I commend you for that, Abby. Um, you were brought up Catholic, and your relationship is developed, and you are now a focused missionary. Why is this important? I have this in front of me. Eighty uh, percent of Catholics lose the faith. By the age of 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, and many of them lose their faith on a college campus. Uh, why is that? So, primarily the reason that focus aims to walk with and serve college students is because of that statistic that you just shared. Um, 80% of people who fall away from the faith do so before the age of 23, which is while they're in college. Um, and so... Our founder, Curtis Martin, in 1998, like, assessed this spiritual impoverishment um, and just had a great understanding that um, students in college are growing to become great leaders in society and in the church. And 
that is a very like formational part of a person's life. And so if at that point they're wrestling with a lot of these big life decisions, wrestling with um, worth and identity, if they could be encountered by someone who can affirm them that they are known and made good and worthy of a relationship with Christ, it's a lot more likely that they will not fall away from the faith and go on to live a vibrant Catholic life. Uh, Pope Benedict XVI said that uh, the new evangelization, by evangelization we mean bringing the message of Jesus to people, the good news. He said the new evangelization depends on the domestic church. What is that, mom, dad, brothers and sisters, the community of a parish? He said the family is the way of the church because it is the human space in which we encounter Christ. Do you think a lot of students fall away from their faith in college because they're away from their family? I think that could definitely be um, a significant part of it. A lot of students um, who had grown up Catholic went to Mass with their parents, and so then when they moved to college and it's on them to find a church in their community, um, it's a lot less likely that they'll do that just because it's true that there's a lot of pressure in college to succeed academically and to form social relationships. Um, and it's also just interesting um, to think about how the people that you spend the most of your time with are often like who you um, embody in your personality and um, not being with the domestic church, like you're saying, um, could definitely be a factor in that. Abby Skabiski, um, we're going to take a break here shortly, and it's, it's great to interview you. If you can just hang on. Um, we're, we're visiting with Abby Skabiski about um, her work as a focused missionary. She's from North Dakota. There are 175 dioceses that have focus missionaries. There's about 800 of them total, are, are my rough numbers. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong after the break, Abby. And uh, after we come back, we're going we're gonna to talk about what does she do during the day? What, what do missionaries do during the day? How do, how, do they, how do they sustain their faith when they're away from their families? And, um, you know, there, there, there are things money can't buy, uh, but there are things money must buy. How do they how do they pay for their living expenses? How do they support themselves? And, and how can we um, help focus missionaries wherever we're listening in the upper Midwest? We're going to take a short break as we come up on 15 minutes past the hour. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. It's great to be with you for the next couple hours or so on Real Presence Live. I got Karen Solinsky beside me. This is our first show together. Are you on the air? Good morning. I am. Good morning. Great, great to have you. I, I think we had a, you had a, you had a COVID contact the last show. I did. Uh, Mike Kidrowski was unavailable. I had Eli here, and uh, it's great to have you here, Karen. Uh, welcome aboard to Real Presence Radio, and thanks for uh, getting me on the air. It's uh, my job is easy. I just sit down and talk. <laughs> You've set everything up, and you got everything worked out. We're going to take a short break. Uh, we'll be back in just one moment. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director at Riverview Place Senior Living Community in Fargo. For over 35 years, we've been honored to nourish our residents in mind, body, and spirit. We offer a full calendar of activities, events, and faith-based programming, and the best food in town. Our independent and assisted living residents thrive in our warm, comfortable, and compassionate community. We'd love to meet you. Call Marin or Katie today at 701-237-4700 to line up a tour. If you have ever been through the hell of deep darkness and suffering, like the suicide of a loved one, do you know that your experience may be helpful to someone else? I'm Father Chris Alar. Mercy is defined as a particular mode of love that when love encounters suffering, it does something about it. And when you exercise the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, you are truly loving your neighbor. Jesus said, when a soul approaches me with trust, I fill it with an abundance of graces that it cannot contain it within itself, but radiates them to other souls. Let us show you how to be that radiator and find healing for yourself in the process. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss not just suicide. I promise it will help. Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. All right, great to have you uh, back. I have uh, Steve Ray coming up uh, after the bottom of the hour. And we're coming up on 19 minutes past the hour. It just turned 18, so... If you need to be somewhere at the bottom of the hour, you got plenty of time. We're talking about the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. FOCUS, Fellowship of Catholic University Students. This is an organization that sends missionaries. They, they have to be college graduates themselves. Uh, they put their life on hold uh, for, for the purpose of evangelizing students on campus. Um, they, they share their, their lives with them. They, they live with them. They invite them into a relationship with Jesus Christ, which they've been touched by to do this, uh, to put their life on hold. Uh, they, they would have to be. Um, and, and they also teach other missionaries to do the same. I, I said before the break that 80% of Catholics who lose their faith do so by the age of 23. And uh, we know that uh, the college campus is a very influential uh, place uh, for, for, for the detriment of their faith. But now with focus, it can be uh, to the, for the development of their faith. Abby Skibicki is a, is a missionary. She's uh, taking me through this first half hour. Uh, Abby, what do, you, what do you do during the day? That is a great question. Um, a lot of students end up asking us that question because they find out we're not students, even though we're hanging out on college campus all day. 
Um, so primarily, um, I live and serve alongside my teammates. So, um, an average day, I guess, in the life of a missionary is I start my day with daily mass most days of the week. There's a parish in um, a town adjacent to the town I live in that we um, attend because our campus chaplain is the priest there. And so we go to mass and then we pray a holy hour. And so that is standard across the board for all missionaries. So that sometimes throughout the day it's mass and holy hours. Um, often in front of the blessed sacrament and adoration is possible. And then each day is a little bit different after that. We have different types of meetings. So we usually have a team tactical meeting where we plan events and plan campus outreach practical. Um, we have a two-hour meeting where we talk about team formation. And so we do different formation articles or talk about different um, topics to personally grow in our own formation and how we can better be equipped to serve the students around us. Um, we have meals as a team so that we can grow in vital unity. And um, outside of those scheduled events, we lead Bible studies and we lead um, small groups called discipleship, which is basically a mentorship to walk with students and help them to build relationships with Christ themselves and with other um, virtuous friends and to show them um, what true authentic friendship looks like. Uh we we visited briefly when when you were here about conversion, your conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, we we need to be reminded that that um, uh, an experience of God's mercy is the foundation of conversion. Uh, we, we we read that in Divas in Misericordia, um, where where the the Holy Father t- spoke about how how having a knowledge of God's mercy is the constant source of conversion, uh, not, not just uh, for now, but to, to put us in that state. Um, you, you've had a conversion. You share your story of it. How do, you, how do you tap into the conversion of other people? How do, you, how, how, do you, how do you create a gap in their life, so to speak? We spoke about that, how the domestic family is, is, is a gap where, where God can work. How do you create a gap for the Holy Spirit to, to bring about conversion? For example, and someone whom you, you, you've just met, T- tell me how you do that. So primarily, I um, would just try to get to know the person that's before me um, and meet them wherever they're at. Maybe they're a practicing Catholic. Maybe they're a fallen away Catholic. Maybe they're somebody who um, I randomly met playing spike ball. Um, They could be a person who wants to get involved in the faith but isn't Catholic. It's all across the board. And so I would mostly just try to get to know whoever they are um, and walk with them in whatever capacity they allow you to. Maybe it's an invitation to coffee I could invite them to a women's night that we're hosting. Um, I personally was impacted by attending Bible study and attending the National Focus Conference called Seek. Um, and so depending on where the person would be at, I would probably just invite them <clears throat> into whatever I'm doing so that they can um, experience what my life with Christ looks like and so they can be introduced to people who are striving to live out um, the same thing. And so I guess creating the gap specifically would just be leading in vulnerability by sharing with them if that is prudent to the conversation, like where I was at when I was maybe in a similar place as them in the past. Um, or just to affirm them um, that they are worth more than the material things they might be struggling with. 
Abby Skabicki is a focused missionary. She's working at the School of Mines. She's one of 800 throughout the country in 175 dioceses throughout the country. Uh, are you able to date? Am I able to date? Um, so in general, focused missionaries are able to date. As a first-year focused missionary, I am not able to date. Um, one of the um, things that we commit to as a missionary, I know I said there was a couple. The first one was that I would move anywhere, so I got placed in Colorado. Um, the second one is that we are asked to um, fast from romantic relationships for the first year on staff. So I'm not able to date currently, um, which is to give an opportunity for our personal relationships with the Lord to grow more intimately um, without distractions of living in a new place and having a new job, which is already a lot of stress um, to try and juggle a new relationship, but at the same time to allow you to truly just love your brothers and sisters in Christ that are on your team and that are your students. But then after the first year on mission, we are able to date. When our Lord sent the uh, first apostles out two by two, uh, and we, we have the, the story uh, coming up of, uh, of the 70, we have the story coming up of the rich man who couldn't follow our Lord. There's successes and there's failures. Our Lord prepared uh, the first missionaries uh, for failure. He told them, you know, just move on. Uh, you know, shake the dust, which is the, the symbol of moving on, and just he was preparing them. Uh, but he also brought them aside, and they they discussed uh, and shared their successes. Have you had a sense of success as a missionary? I think I would be tempted to say yes, because I'm quite proud of the women that I'm walking with here at the Colorado School of Mine. Um, but Truly, I know it's not anything of my doing because I simply walked into the footsteps that their missionaries had um, set up for me. But two of the women I work with in this mentorship group I was talking about earlier called Discipleship have both committed to become focused missionaries themselves. So it's really a joy that I get to run with these women and just bring other students into um, this type of community. And so I feel like it's, it seems from the outside like I would be a successful missionary because I have walked with two women who want to do the same, but I truly know I just simply got to receive them for who they are and um, get to walk with them as they become missionaries. So, And here's what's going to happen to you, because it happened to me after my years of teaching high school. Uh, ten years down the road, someone's going to come up to you and say, you know, uh, you touched me. And it it always uh, it always surprises me. It's like you know, really, and you, you you know you know how kids change. It's like I really don't even recognize this person, but yeah, okay, yeah, I remember your name. <laughs> sure, I was your teacher. Oh yeah, I made an impact on you. I had no idea I was making an impact on you. You didn't even look mm -hmm. like you were paying attention while I was teaching you. So you're planting seeds, Abby. Yeah. Um, that 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 will come to fruition according to our Lord's time and, and our Lord's will. And I'm going to promise you. Uh, that's going to happen to you uh, because um, Jesus Christ will not let you down. Let, let's talk about some practical things. Uh, how, how do you pay for living expenses as a missionary? So as a missionary, the third big thing we're called to um, is to fundraise our salaries. So I and all the other missionaries on staff fully fundraise our entire salary because we'll, we allow the Lord an opportunity to provide for us in that way. So we are supported by teams of who we call mission partners. So these are people in our families, and our communities, sometimes they're random people, um, who want to support and share their financial gifts to um, provide for people who are able to go places that they necessarily can't go as a 22-year-old. I can walk with um, college-age women a lot more effectively. 
um, than regular parishioners might be able to. And so I fundraise roughly thirty two sixty in monthly support. And so I have a whole team of people who are praying for me and supporting me financially so that I can pay rent and groceries and all of those things. How, how do people support you or, or any focused missionary uh, people who are listening right now? Where do they go? Sure. So there is a website, focus.org, um, and you can find in there it says support a missionary, or you can look up a specific missionary, so that'd be focus.org slash missionaries, and then with the name of the missionary. Um, and so you can search for a missionary and then decide if you want to support them monthly or a one-time, or you can support a campus in general. So if some people want to support a campus, you could support the Colorado School of Mines. You could support University of North Dakota Focus. Um, there's a lot of different ways that can be done. So are you making ends meet, thirty two sixty a month? So I'm making ends meet. Yes, the Lord is very good. Um, it's a struggle and a challenge to um, overcome, I guess, sort of expectations of living in a new place, living in North Dakota and living in Colorado. Um, there's a lot of difference in living expense, but um, yeah, the Lord is good and He has been providing. Do, do any of you have side jobs or are you allowed to have a side job if you need to make ends meet? You're truly encouraged to allow the Lord to do all the providing. So if you're not making ends meet, um, we have a time built into our schedule for mission partner development. So every week we um, can engage and cultivate with our mission partners and reach out to new people who might be interested in supporting us. Focus.org, F-O-C-U-S dot O-R-G. You can uh, support Abby if you want, or you can support any missionary one time, or you can do it monthly. Or you can support a focus uh, organization on any on any uh, campus uh, anywhere. Uh, we're we're going to wrap things up here, uh, Abby. Real quick, uh, before we take this break, there are parents listening whose children are inactive or have left the church. Uh, what the children are not listening, the parents are, mm-hmm. and, and it's hard for them, and many of them have to grieve. Uh, when their their children leave the Catholic faith, what do you have to say to those parents right now? I think just thank you for loving your children well and for um, encouraging them in the faith in the ways that you have already done. But I think the most important thing would just be to continue to pray for them and um, allow them to encounter the Lord however He invites them to. I mean, continually inviting your family to Mass with you is great, Um, but also just witnessing to them, like, why... Like, if a mom is very good and faithful, like, that will be a witness to her children over time. Um, and just be patient with them because, yeah, the missionaries are doing the work on the ground they may not be able to see. And uh, active fathers, too. A tremendous yes, witness. sorry. As a woman, I was thinking mother, but yes, of course, <laughs> the fathers. Exactly. Well. Uh, Abby Skabicki, thank you for uh, being on Real Presence Live. You, you were a great leadoff hitter, and uh, I, I, need, uh, I need to get on base. The, the 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 first part of the show, okay, or the sh- or, yes. the sh- or, or 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 the show strikes out. Thank thank you for uh, being a great witness, and thank you for um, all that you do. Uh, come back and see me. I, I am your pastor at Corpus Christi. Yes. Uh, come, come back and see me again, and I'll say hi, and, and, and say hi to your team. Um, I, I think you're going to have breakfast with them now because you're on Mountain yes. Time. So all the best to you, and uh, we'll stay in touch, okay. Yes, thank you for having me. All right, thank you. Abby Skabicki is a Focus missionary and a Focus.org. Uh, if, if you want to contribute to, to I call them kids, uh, they have their college degrees. They're putting their life on hold for two years at a time, uh, evangelizing on college campuses where, 
where so many students lose their faith, I think in part because they lose their family structure and they lose that pattern. You can support them with prayer. You can also support them financially. Focus.org, a great charity. We're going to be back in just one moment as we come up on 32 minutes past the hour. I'll have Steve Ray next. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 